joy to be here this morning to be able to preach from the Word of God, a privilege and honor that I actually get to do. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is John. I serve as executive pastor of Mission and Vision at Roosevelt Community Church, and they send their greetings as well right downtown Phoenix, right there on First Street in Roosevelt, not too far from where the Phoenix Suns play basketball at. I know we got some Suns fans in the building. Um, I don't dislike the Suns, but I am from Philly, so please pray for me. But shout out to the sons. Another thing too, uh, big, big shout out to your pastor, Pastor Tim and the elders here uh, for allowing me to come preach. But also thank you all for giving the opportunity for your pastor to take a sabbatical. Uh, I was talking to Kyle about this um, earlier this morning. I don't think you guys know, but that's not as common as you may think. So the fact that you get to have t- give him time to, to rest, to pray, to, to have some leisure time with his family, uh, thank you for this time for him that he gets to rest from you guys, <laughs> and you guys get to rest from him as well. So with that said, go ahead and open your Bibles. We're going to be in Psalm 122. We're going to continue in the series of the Summer of Psalms. So if you have your Bibles, 122 of the Psalm, if you have the hand copy, your digital copies, whatever it is that you use nowadays, um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to be in the Psalms. While you guys are turning there, a couple things about the book of Psalms. One, it is what we would call the book of praise. It's the longest book in the Bible, 150 chapters. But the section that we're going to be in is what is typically called the Psalms of Ascents. It's the category within the Psalms that we see 15 songs that the people of God would, would, would sing and, and, and listen to as they were going up to Jerusalem to worship. So you can say that on the people of God's playlist, Spotify playlist, or Apple Music playlist, you know those little playlists that you get uh, that curates the different songs that you listen to each week? I love that, by the way. This was the Apple Music playlist of the people of God as they would travel up to Jerusalem. Psalms of Ascents categorizes from Psalm 120 all the way to Psalm 134. As they were leading upwards towards the holy city to worship, so ascending to uh, Jerusalem, keep in mind that as I say going up or ascending up, we're talking about 2,700 feet of elevation. So we're talking way, way up. And they did this. Regularly, It was a rhythm of life for them. They did this so they can be at home in the presence of God to worship with his people. Home to be in the presence of God with his people to worship. This is why they, they did this. So I want to read Psalm 122, 1 through 9. And let me read this into your hearing. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. 
their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May there be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will, our God, I will seek your good. This is a psalm that they would sing. So, I like to label my message this morning, there is no place like home. There is no place like home. In July 2014, Scott Skoskoya wrote an article in the New York Times. He wrote this article, and this article was a very intriguing article because he talked about a popular sports player by the name of LeBron James. Many of you may know who he is. He started the I Promise School. He was drafted out of high school. Some of you here may even think that he's the greatest player of all time. Now, I'm a bit of a different ilk because there was a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. You know, Air Jordan, the six-time NBA champion, multiple NBA MVPs and all-star MVPs. He even got his own shoe collection. I think he was the GOAT, but some people here, I'm sure, think LeBron James is a GOAT. And listen, he is great indeed. But Scott Skoskoya talks about this idea that he decided to make a decision and take his talents down to South Beach. He wanted to go play with the Miami Heat because he wasn't able to get it done on his own in Cleveland. So he wanted to team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all these other people, right? And this left the city of Cleveland, Cleveland, in disarray. They started to burn his jerseys, death threats to his family. I mean, it was a very unsettling time for LeBron James. So he took his talents down to South Beach. But several years later, he decided to reverse the decision and depart from Miami to go back to his home state of Ohio. So newspaper, newspapers, headlines, songs, and all this type of commotion in the media came when he made his decision that he wanted to return home. We all know how the story ended, right? 2016, he wins the Cleveland Cavaliers, their first championship ever. Amazing block that he had on Andre Iguodala. He was no longer the villain. Instead, he was the hero because he returned home. Uh, I submit to you, PBC, that King James, as they call him, (laughs) understood that there's no place like home. Amen? I bring that up because our passage this morning is written by King David, and in a nutshell, basically, he is saying that home is in the presence of God with his people to worship. 
If you don't remember anything from this sermon, remember that statement. Home is being in the presence of God with his people to, to worship. Verse one, he talks about, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Uh, in the original language, it literally says, I was glad in those who said to me. Uh, reading these Psalms chronolo- chronologically, if you remember, from Psalm 120, it's talking about how they were distant away from God and his people, far off in a distant land. And this one talks about the desire and, and the passion and the eternal gladness that one has when they get to worship God with his people. David says that he was delighted. He had a delightful spirit when it comes to being in the house of the Lord. Now, for those who may not know who David is, he is an interesting character in the Bible. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things about him. But he's that that shepherd boy, right? He's that one that was able to uh, defeat Goliath with a slingshot. He was a, uh, not only a shepherd boy, but also a musician in a sense. He wrote many different psalms that we talk about and, and, and read and meditate on today. One of his most famous psalms is Psalm 51, the psalm of repentance. But even in our categories from the psalms of ascent, he has written at least four of those psalms. Psalm 122, ours today. Psalm 124. Psalm 131 and Psalm 133. David has an interesting history, but he was used by God in a mighty way to accomplish his ultimate purposes. The idea of being far off in a distant land as the people of God were, I think we can also say we were also in a distant land for a period of time. If we're going to be open and honest, right? There was a thing called the global pandemic that happened last year. And I think we're kind of, if I can say this, we're kind of post-COVID, if you will, to some degree. But many of us were in a distant land. Um, Church, as we know it, was disrupted in a lot of ways. And COVID disrupted a lot of different things. There was some positive that came out of it. There was some negative that came out of it. But one of the common themes that I heard from many different Christians all around the world, literally, was this idea of being disconnected. Many of you here can probably resonate with that idea of being disconnected to some degree. So we had to do what we can with technology and praise God for technology, but it's not the same. Amen? We are embodied people, right? The idea of being in person, it actually means something. So for many of us, being in a distant land, (laughs) disconnected for a period of time, it definitely had its challenges. David, as he writes, he has this eternal gladness when he gets together with the people of God to worship as they traveled upward to Jerusalem. My question for you and for me is, do we have this eternal gladness that David had? 
Are we so full of joy and, 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 and gladness when it's time to come with God's people to worship? Do we have this eternal happiness that fuels us so much that we can't wait to come through these doors and see our brothers and sisters in Christ? Or is it not gladness at all? Is it just stale? Is it just feels robotic and routine? I submit to you that this gladness that David has and that we should have comes ultimately from the Holy Spirit to change us in such a way that we can have this joy, this love, joy, and happiness. One author says it this way. He looks, talking about David, he looks forward to visiting this place. It's the object of his desire. He anticipates being there. It's also the object of his delight. He enjoys being there. He dreams about it, sings about it, and obviously writes poetry about it. David is happy to be in the house of the Lord. When a text says house of the Lord, what does it mean by that? He's referring to the tent he erected in Jerusalem to house the Ark of the Covenant. What is the, house of, what is the Ark of the Covenant? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the golden chest that was created and made to house the 10 words, uh, the Decalogue. The Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. This place, this tent, represents the, the, the dwelling place of God. The dwelling place of God among his people. This was the place of, of comfort. This was the place of hope. This was the place of, of, of joy. This was the place of the presence of God being there. This was the place of harmony. David is filled with this intrinsic gladness, not only because the people of God are there, but Yahweh himself is there. God is there. His presence is there. We talked about and we sung about this morning how the Holy Spirit is here in this room. Do we have the gladness of David. God, maker of heaven and earth, is present, and it should evoke a worshipful spirit in our bodies because we, we were created to worship. And one opportunity to do that is when we meet in the context of community here at PBC. Maybe we can Say like David, I was glad when they said unto me <laughs> to let us go to Phoenix Bible Church. Amen? But for what purpose? Why? Why travel to meet at this place? Well, in verse 4, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel. And here it is, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. One of the aspects, one of the purposes to be able to go and do this is to praise God and to give him thanks. The reason why God's people traveled 
was to worship him and by being thankful for what he has done, for what he's doing now, and the things that he has said and promised in his word that he will do in the future. The NLT translates it this way. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage there. The word pilgrimage is a very interesting term. Uh, it's the religious journey or spiritual expedition was for the annual festivals that they would go on. So for those who are not familiar, in Jewish culture, uh, attending these different festivals was part of the norm for the Jews. It was a part of rhythm of life, if you will. It was a blessed rhythm. And there were various different festivals and feasts that they would actually participate in annually. And they did this so that they can be able to worship God, to remember him, to celebrate him, and how he has delivered them from all sorts of things. It was a common practice that they would do each and every year. There are so many different feasts, I'm not going to be able to get into all of them, but a couple of the different feasts that happened was, one, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. This is what we would call Passover, right? This is the idea that God delivered them from slavery in Egypt, and they were forbidden to eat or possess any leavened bread. They celebrated how God is a redeemer, how God is a rescuer, how God delivered them from the bondage of slavery under Pharaoh. You can read about this in Exodus 12. It gives you the full story, but this was one feast that the Jewish people would do each and every year. Another feast was the Feast of Weeks. This is what we would call Pentecost, right? This was to remember how God gave the Torah, how God gave the, the, the law, how God gave instruction to the people. This was called the Feast of, of Weeks. Another one was the Feast of Booths. And this is where they praise and thank God for his generosity. Simple as that. They wanted to just thank God and praise him for his generosity. How often do we think about praising God for his generosity? And if you look into the corridors of your life, I guarantee that you would be able to see <laughs> the many ways that God has done amazing, amazing things in your life. But I think that we struggle me included, with the idea of what I like to call uh, spiritual amnesia. We tend to forget about a lot of different things. We tend to forget about the goodness of God. Psalm 119.68 says that our God is good. And not only our God is good, but he, he does good. We forget so many different times because we could be caught up in our own life. We can be caught up in our own struggles. We could be caught up in our own families. But we tend to forget the magnificent, glorious things that God has done. And I want to encourage you, PBC, to don't forget. To remember what God has, has done. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what uh, life stage you are in, I want to encourage you to remember how God has showed up 
and showed out in your life. Remembering is indeed a spiritual practice. Remembering is indeed a spiritual practice. Let's think about this for a second. So the idea of communion, right, or the Lord's Supper. What are we doing during that time? Well, we are remembering what God has done in Christ Jesus to redeem a particular people for his own possession. We are remembering that Christ shed his blood for anyone who would repent and believe in him. We are remembering the ways that God has saved us. This is part of of, of Christian life, is to remember what God has done. And not only to remember, but I would also add to reflect. Reflect. And not only reflect, but to celebrate, right? We're remembering, we're reflecting, and we're celebrating. The Jewish people during this time, these feasts that they would do, these are the three elements that they would actually be doing. So the Christian life is about remembrance. And these festivals, again, the Jewish people would be doing that. And this would help them to remember and not forget. They had a blessed rhythm, an opportunity to remember the goodness of God. So if you are here this morning, and let's say maybe you may be a Christian, maybe a follower of Christ, maybe you're not, maybe your parents drug you here this morning, whatever it is, I just want to encourage you and say this. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Maybe you're here and you grew up in church all your life. You know about the scriptures. Your parents were faithful people who shared the gospel with you. They put you in VBS. They even put you in a Christian school. Surround you around a Christian Christian environment. And let's say as you grew up, you went astray. You started hanging around the wrong crowd, so to speak. And as you grew up, you continued to far to go far off into a distant land. And let's say you're here because this is what you used to do and maybe you don't believe in Jesus or wherever it is. I want to encourage you <laughs> that you can always come back home. Because home is being in the presence of God with his people to worship. If you know about the story about the prodigal son, it's the the story of how two sons, one in particular, decides to go off, go live his own life, to go do what he wanted to do. And he realizes that I need to go back. I need to go back and be with my father. What I want to say to you is, The heavenly father, the creator of heaven and earth, (laughs) sent his son, Jesus, to die on our behalf, in our place, to take on the sin that, to take on the, the, the penalty that we deserve, you and me. But his spotless son that lived the perfect and holy and righteous life, shed his blood for people, for sinners that are in need of rescuing. And the truth of the gospel, the truth of the kingdom, the truth of salvation 
is that you can be made right with God if you put your faith and trust in Messiah Jesus, the one that came, suffered, and died, and rose from the grave, conquered sin and death. And any sin that you are in, have done, or will do in the future, he paid for it. He paid for it by his his death. And by Christ's stripes, we are healed. So believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news of salvation. Believe. Because the family door is always opened. (laughs) You can always come back into community with your brothers and sisters in the faith. And through repentance, you could be back home in the presence of God. Amen? This text continues on in verses 6 through 9, and he gives this idea of what I like to call a peaceful prayer. He gives a peaceful prayer. The word peace is pinned three times in this section by the psalmist. Peace is a term that refers to completeness or, or, or wholeness, right? This idea of, 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 of satisfaction. It's the word shalom. It's repeated throughout the Bible. In one particular psalm, it at the end of Psalm 120, it says, I am for peace when I speak, they are for, for war. Peace is the code word for well-being from a holistic perspective. As David prays for Jerusalem, which is the religious and political center, it also means city of peace. So in a lot of ways, he's praying that the city would actually live up to its name. We understand that names do have meaning. So he's praying that it would live up to its name. As mentioned, the word peace, but also is mentioned three times, but the word within is also mentioned three times in this section as well. Pray for peace of Jerusalem. Peace be within your walls and security and within your towers. Peace be within you. This is interesting, the artistic, creative nature of David's writing. He uses this words three times each. There, that he's praying that there's a, an eternal peace between the people of God and Jesus the Messiah, the only one that can really give true, genuine peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says... For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is the true peace that we all need. So let us pray as well (laughs) that... Jesus be our Jerusalem. And the reason is for this, for the sake of the house of the Lord our God. So as we come to a close, I want to offer two practical postures, PBC, that hopefully that you all can embrace and and do. Uh, Many of you may do this very, very well. Many of you may struggle at it. But here's two things. The first one being this. Embrace community, not individualism. Embrace community, not individualism. 
When you think about biblical Christianity, it is a communal religion. It's about community. Everything that we, we, we do is meant for us to do together. So this idea of community and family, I like to say family, because the Bible talks to us in that type of language. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a family. We're not like a family. No, we are a family. COVID has disrupted a lot of different things and many people that struggle with individualism probably went further into that. What I want to encourage us with is let's embrace community. Let's be like David and be glad that we get to gather in air conditioning. (laughs) That we get to hear the singing of songs. That we get to hear the preach word. That we can hug people if you're cool with that. There's something about community that we need to breathe so my need to do so my encouragement is embrace community not individualism and the second thing is be prayerful simple as that to be prayerful some of us have really good prayer lives some of us have really bad prayer lives my encouragement to you is be prayerful pray without ceasing if it's early in the morning, if it's during the day, if it's at night when the kids go to sleep, if it's during prayer walks, whatever it works for you, pray. Be a prayerful church. Be a prayerful community. And again, most of you guys do that really, really well. But I want to encourage you to continue doing that because without prayer, there will be no revival. Any revival that has happened in history has been through prayer, the Holy Spirit, and the preach word of God. So be prayerful in such a way that you could be able to see God work in in miraculous ways in your lives, in the community around us, and here at Phoenix Bible Church. So we can all say, I was glad when he said to me, let us go to Phoenix Bible Church. And the church said, amen. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and so joyful that we get to worship you. We get to call out to you. We get to lament to you. We get to sing praises to you, God. We get to trust in you genuinely with this heartfelt love and compassion, this heartfelt joy and gladness that we get to gather, that we get to be created in your image and likeness. And you have prepared good works for us to do, Lord. We've been saved by your grace, not of our own doing, not of our own merit, but by your grace, your undeserved love, your undeserved favor that we cannot earn. And you sent Jesus to be the cornerstone, (laughs) to give us this new heart transformation, to genuinely want to obey and follow your words, Lord. So I pray this morning for anyone who is here that is on a spiritual journey, whether they've been in church for a long time or a short time, 
that they get to encounter you this morning. Please speak to their hearts, Lord. Convict them of sin if need be and have them ultimately trust in you because we know that you have a ultimate plan for your ultimate purposes. We pray that we can embrace community, Lord, and not individualism and for us to be prayerful in our lives over our church, over ourselves, over our family, over our children, over our communities, over your world, Lord. So we thank you. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen.